Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Anything Can Be a Podcast Podcast. Please welcome to the stage the Canadian guy who's yelling and walking to the stage. It's John Hastings, everybody. Hello, everyone. How's it going? It's a beautiful uh, rainy day. We're in Galway Island. There's people looking at me. This is a disdainful man with a ginger beard and a toque. I feel like I'm back in Canada. What's up, brother? (laughs) How's it going, man? Good, man. Where are you from? Galway City. Galway City. Yeah. You don't, you have a very like not Irish accent. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, so you think? Is, what kind of accent do you think we have here? I just it's not that strong. It's, <laughs> it's very simple. I wasn't trying to insult you. I feel like we got off the bat. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> do you love me? A little. A little. And getting there. What's your name, brother? Nikki. Nikki? Yeah. Fuck yeah, Nikki. But <laughs> a man with that kind of beard, you wouldn't see Nikki. Be like Nick, but you're fucking Nikki. You go out to the woods, you commune with sparrows, <laughs> pop on a tube, and come listen to a podcast. Well, yeah. fuck yeah, Nikki. And you're here with your friend. Yeah. Who's your friend? Kevin. Kevin. Kevin Nick, just out there fucking fingering broads and coming into weird aquarium venues. Thank you. Three people that laughed at a fingering joke. At Did not know there were children in the venue. That makes me feel very uncomfortable. What's up? How are you? The last off-color remark I will make in the next five minutes. And then I will forget that they're here. And then it will happen again. I really apologize. How are you? You good? Great. And you thought you were my interaction was awkward, Nicky. I just defended that three-year-old. How old are you, buddy? <laughs> You're two and a half? God, cute as a button. Did you feel? All of us just went, oh, look at him. You can be president of Ireland right now, my friend. It is president, right? Yeah. Damn, Wikipedia, but I got confused. I had a wine on the plane. Now, I just swore in front of the kid. God damn, uh, sugar. Fuck. Anyway. (laughs) He needs to learn. It's the words of the people, not poppycock and falderall. It's shit and piss and whoopsie-daisy. Whoopsie-daisy is a swear word in Canada because if you say it, you've fallen into the ice and you will will die. Just letting you know, Nikki. That's what I hate about being Canadian. This look on your face, you're literally like, it's not a swear word in Canada. I wasn't aware. It is. It is now. God damn it. What do you do for a living, Nikki, besides positive aggression? <laughs> work in a medical company. You work in a medical company? Yeah. What do you do? Are you a doctor? Well, I sit in the lawn with a little fishing rod and make the place look good. Is that true? Yeah. There's something about you that I know you're bullshitting me, but I believe every word. I was like, what a fun medical company. You just walk in, there's just you, just... Dale, Chris, how are you? You get your little fishing rod out, you pop out a little cup and just... Hey guys, thank you for showing up right on time. Uh, subtle entrance, that's what I liked about it. That's all right, man. Uh, and uh, so let me explain quickly what this is. This is an improvised hour of stand-up comedy. It's all inspired by a uh, title that my best friend Paul emails me, and then we riff on it. And I told him I was going to Ireland, and he got very excited. He's a PhD in English, and his favorite thing is finding very like body intellectual writers and then finding the naughty, weird crap that they've written throughout. So he spent four hours. Keep in mind, he's defending his PhD thesis in seven days. Four hours Googling James Joyce to find the dirty things that he's written. We have 19 to go through. But here's my personal favorite one. Nikki, do you mind reading it for me? I hope Nora will let off no end of farts in my face so I may know their smell also. 
That's the one. <laughs> James Joyce, the poet laureate of Ireland, wrote of Nora. I just lost my place. I hope Nora will let no end of farts in my face so I may know there's... There's so much in that to work with. A, in what situation are you in that a woman is that gassy that you can get your face to her bum without her going, no, it's not me, it was the dog. <laughs> Second of all, that you don't remember, because how often has a lady farted in front of you? Kev, let's move off Nikki, on to Kev. Kev, how often has a lady farted in your face? Can you feel the tension right there of all of you going, how dare you discuss women passing gas? It's 2015, women are equal to men, their assholes also talk. You will learn soon, two and a half year old. <laughs> Again, you guys got very nervous. It was very beautiful. He's two and a half. He's going to hit four years old, discover farting, and then his day will be greater each and... And by the way, I'm aware that I said farting as if it was some sort of weird poet description. Like, uh, the oeuvre of uh, Vernier is always brought forth when there is farting. Now, Kev, how often have you been around a lady when she's passed wind from her bottom o trestle? For some reason, we're discussing James Joyce, and I wanted to sound poetic. Instead, I just said trestle for no reason. You're a silent laugher. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> and, um, never. Never. That they admitted to. That they admitted to. <laughs> yes. What is your name? D. D. Deirdre. Deirdre. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and Deirdre or D. Are you going to be honest with the group gathered here? I don't really know what, how to describe this building. It feels like it's a clown aquarium. <laughs> and also, you know you're at a comedy festival when for no reason AstroTurf inside. That's, I don't know how many comedy festivals you've been to, but that's the sign of a comedy festival. Needless candles on tables too high to sit at and yet too low to be comfortable, so you end up leaning and then developing a weird rib problem. And then just AstroTurf, because you know that this was decided by an accountant. He was like, we're going to a comedy festival. Do you know what's rack? rack which is how accountants say wacky, because wacky is more uh, economical when it comes to use of consonants. Thank you very much. Classic cover for me fucking up a word. Uh, and you guys are a tough audience, because you all looked at me with, no, you meant to say wacky. We know what you did, and we do not appreciate your body banter. There's a two and a half year old here, he is forever changed. How, uh, what, what's, it, what's his name? What's your name, buddy? Parents are obviously John Cage fans. The joke there is John Cage has a song called 415, which is completely silent since he didn't say his name. You understand. <laughs> I know you. All right. You have 45 minutes to pick a name. It doesn't even have to be your real name. I don't think he knows what's going on. Quite frankly, neither do I. But that's all right. Back to you, D. I feel like I'm like the kinky guidance counselor in the '90s, like high school sitcom, because your name is D. So D, you're having a lot of problems with those energy pills, getting ready for the SATs, hanging out with your friends, Kevin. You guys had Saved by the Bell here in Ireland, right? Yeah. Oh, thank God, these references are going to hit the floor. I have a screech riff coming up. Oh, strap in, everybody! Yeah, yeah. What's he up to these days? Porn and his house burst out. What happened with that sentence, guys? <laughs> I went to say house burned down, and I went, house burned down. Hey, Martin, you distracted the shit out of me when you walked in. I was like, am I in trouble? And uh, she goes, artist liaison, is that your job? Oh, yeah. What does that mean? 
nothing. Nothing? Yeah. Well, you're doing I'm it right. Baby, I'm a glorified babysitter. You're a glorified babysitter. Yeah. All right. Who's the biggest dick you've dealt with so far? This isn't being recorded. It's okay. Well, no one will know. It's not being recorded. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Totally doing more. Now, <laughs> that'll be edited out. Maybe. Now, back to you. No, say it. People need to know. That wine drinker with his floofy hair and ridiculously good humor. Okay. Big Dylan Moran fans. Or you guys don't know what you got roped into and you're like, what is this? It's a lecture on, uh, on Canada and the history of farting as it comes to women and feminism. Right, D? It's the most beautifully Irish answer to that. Yeah, fine, whatever, stop talking to me. <laughs> whatever you want, just go, I don't, <laughs> fuck you, that's what it is. You, you have a colon, yes. This is true. Very, very good response. <laughs> very caging, that is true. Second question, have you ever farted with your butt? Yes. Yes, do you do it in front of other people? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Can you do it spontaneously right now into the microphone? Into the microphone. Yes, into the microphone. No, not that cool. Not that cool. I love this city, that that's a sign of coolness. Right now. In Canada, it's a sign that you just ruined the speech at the debate, but... Thank you for all of you guys. Well, really? Does that happen in Canada? No! Well, one time, I politicians drink. And so, uh, Dee, what do you do for a living? Cafe? You work in a cafe. Favorite type of coffee-based drink? Mine, soy flat white, touch of cinnamon. Oh, fancy. Are you asking me mine? Yes. I wasn't just declaring mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you work in a place. Let me talk about me more. <laughs> I'm not American, even though that's what I look like. You just judge me based on that. I'm from Canada, actually. I don't appreciate your candor. You're a racist. I'm Canadian as well. Get what? Are you? Yeah. What part of Canada? Peterborough. You know. Ontario. Yeah, I'm from Ottawa. What are you doing in the hallway? <laughs> Working in a cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Why halfway across the goddamn world to lose another argument with someone from Peterborough? <laughs> Peterborough is the home of sports team. <laughs> Rockstar uh, from Canada. Oh, Very famous. Yes. Who are you gonna say? <laughs> say, say Matt Damon? He's not a rock star, although he does play my heartstrings. <laughs> Come on, who hasn't seen those Bourne movies? He's so glassy-eyed and delightful. <laughs> What's going on, girls? Can we discuss with the group? Did you just fart? Dee, did you just fart not into the microphone? We have a nameless child over here, and there will be a trumpet to his baptism, and that will be your asshole saying hello. I can't believe it's 3 p.m. Am I going to get a talking to from the festival? Probably not, because I'll run away now. <laughs> we haven't even started the show. So back to you, Dean. So you're from Peterborough. How long have you lived in Galway? 20 years. So you're not really from Peterborough. That's in the way that every Canadian says... All right, that's technically closer yeah. than how most Canadians say that they're Irish and that their great 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 grandfather owned a shamrock, and so they. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like I'm, my bloodline is like Scottish all the way back, and yet still people are like, oh, you're going going to Ireland, you're going to the homeland. I'm like, if you mean that that's where white people come from, then <laughs> technically no, that's England. But I'm going to the place we all want to be from because their music's better and. They have you two, and we want to go yell at them about that. Now, 
Oh, we can fucking go about this all day. You guys can stare at me glassy-eyed. That band hasn't been good since that Joshua Tree album. You're gonna fucking defend that <laughs> song? Don't stare at me, everyone. Where does Bono live? I have some questions for him. Like, how do you sleep at night? Again, you can stare at me all you want. You know you're supporting a man who's demanded his name be The Edge. Yeah, stare at me all you want. I will not stand by... I will go to England and I'll yell at them about the police and Sting as well. And I know it's two separate places, even though you're thinking, John, are you linking them in your mind? No, they're two separate countries. You guys created you two, and I'm not very pleased about it. Back to you, D. Save it with a fart. Do it into the microphone! Okay. So you've been here 20 years. How old are you now? So you were three years old when you left Canada. Why did you leave Canada? Uh, my mom's Irish. My dad's Canadian. Back to It's a lovely story. Mm. It's a very simple story. You know who else is in Canada? Paul, who gave us the title for the show, so we can move on with it. Dean, I like your attitude. <laughs> you should be some sort of police intimidate. You could work with Nikki in terms of making people very scared with your very nice chat. It's very bizarre. Where you're, how are you? Fine. Good. I'll be all right. Dee, are you single? I'm not hitting on you, I'm just making conversation while I get the next part of the show ready. Where's your boyfriend? Where is he? Yeah. England? England, what? So you tra traitor to the Irish throne. <laughs> Does Ireland have a throne? You can make it up. Yeah, Thank you, sir. You know it's going well with the two-year-olds heckling you. Now, <laughs> Dee. Um, uh, we're, we're, I was going to say, Dee, thank you so much for contributing to the show, and we're going to move off you now. <laughs> so negative, Dee. I'm sorry. I love you. Tired Were you flying for me? Why'd you sit in the front row? Because they were the free seats. Well, well, I'll see you after for the payment, which will be this conversation. Now, um, all right, now here we get to the title. Guys, here's what happened. I thought Galway was a tiny town that didn't have traffic. So when I got here, I went to the hotel and I took a quick shower so I didn't come off the airplane smelling like the baby that threw up next to me. Also, I didn't know babies threw up. Really gross. And so I got a shower and I walked down and went, I'll get a taxi cab. And they went, that'll be 25 minutes. And I was like, what? Why? And then they said, there's traffic. And then no cars moved for like 20 minutes to the point that I saw my taxi and I walked down the street, got in the cab and I went, you were coming to get John at the Connet Hotel? Probably shouldn't say that. Ah, fuck it. You guys don't seem like you're <laughs> and I could, And you might, you're the biggest risk and I could take you in a fight. Like, I'd be really hurt but you'd be dead at the end of it. <laughs> if she doesn't fart into the microphone that's how we're ending the show. Just a fight to the death between you and me, my friend. I still don't know what you do for a living. We'll get to that in a second. We've got a couple of things to cover. Kev's backstory. Your fucking deal. <laughs> and what Nick does for a living, Nikki. Back to me. Anyway, so usually there's a whole sort of setup process. I write a title, it gets all sort of good, and it's out of my phone, it's in a nice book, and it looks elegant, it doesn't look like I'm just here tweeting at people. But unfortunately, instead, I ran into a cab, and a guy who didn't know what Air Square was, or my accent, threw him off, so he went the wrong way for a bit, and then he parked in a spar, and he went, is this it? And I went, I hope not. And then, and then he went, oh, the Spiegel tent at Air Square. The way cab drivers do it, they definitely made a mistake, but they put it on you. Like, oh, you meant the, the tower, not the dock. All right, let's go. And so I got here, I ran in, my manager, Emily's like, you should have been here earlier. And I was like, I know that. And so lacklusterly prepared. That's what I'm going to call this show. Back <laughs> to the title of this show, which is... Uh, inspired by that James Joyce quote. 
Daring dames of Dublin, please fart in my face bare-butted so I may know your smell. I hear that works in Ireland when it comes to sex stuff. Paul Harrison. <laughs> Let's get to it. Dublin and Galway, two separate places, correct, Kev? Yes. Is there a rivalry between the two towns? Yes. Based on football? No. Based on what? Uh, don't know. We're the social capital of Ireland. They're the actual capital of Ireland. <laughs> Who declared the social capital of Ireland? I just did. You did? <laughs> That's the most, I literally believe you. It's like, it makes sense. We're in a weird tent. It's 3 p.m. We're talking about courtesy words. Most people are having a good time. That woman's looking at me like she did. I just took a shit in her cereal, but everyone else is having a good time. So it's the social capital. That means you guys are more friendly than the people in Dublin. Yep. And you guys don't have you too. That's very exciting. That's very true. Who's the big band in Galway? Amazing Apples at the moment. The Amazing Apples? Yeah. There's a band called The Amazing Apples? Yeah, they're all right. Do they all wear giant? <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> Most Irish phrase ever. Oh, yeah, Bill, he cured cancer, but he's kind of a dick. And <laughs> just be happy for two seconds to walk on this island. Oh, I just had the most delicious meal ever, but the fork slightly bent. <laughs> it's just, it's just amazing. And I live in the, I live in the fucking UK, and they're fucking depressives. You guys do it with a smile, where it's beautiful. It's like, what happened? I found all this gold, but I prefer platinum based on investments. <laughs> so you're the social capital. Dublin is the actual capital, and you're from Galway. Yeah. Galway forever. Yeah. G U A O G. Yeah. I just like how the way you say yeah, because it's just you're like, yeah, I get it. What do you do for a living? Something to do with motor vehicles, as in the acquisition of forms to do with them. <laughs> no. Break my heart, Kevin. I know. <laughs> and are you dating a daring dame I from Dublin? Guess. No. Galway? Mm, yeah. Not Cork. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just googled the three cities in Ireland, and that's the one that's not Dublin and not the one I'm in, so I just assume they're dicks. Am I right? Are core people dicks? No, no. Core people are grand. Fuck! <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna rewrite the act, because I got 45 minutes on how core people are a little wacky. Now, let's get to it. So. What the fuck is that? <laughs> D, I got 20 euros, says you go grab that megaphone, put it to your butt, and we really change people's lives. <laughs> Who is it? Please tell me he has nothing to do with the festival, and that's the guy that made Galway the social capital of Ireland. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, megaphone Bill. Yeah, he just walks around and yells crap. What is it's the most because again the thing the problem with a man with a megaphone looking Victorian timey is that doesn't harken back to a time when Ireland was particularly happy. <laughs> you guys see where I'm going with this? And you're like, Haha, enough with the history chat, John. What what what's his purpose, comedy? Staff, because if I was greeted by that walking towards this, I'm not going anywhere near the man in the red coat yelling, Comedy! Comedy! Just come down here into my naked tickle room and we'll laugh! <laughs> it's the creepiest thing in the entire... And he's got a... Oh, and he's got floppy shoes! Oh, fuck this guy all the time. <laughs> Emily, does he have anything important? No. Oh, good. It's just fucking alarming. <laughs> this is the problem with comedy festivals is we always have to do something wacky or clowny to publicize it. It can't be like, just come watch these people tell jokes or make things up to middling success. One person is counting the lights above the, the tent. That was the most beautiful thing, sir, I've ever seen. What were you looking at? You're just a bit bored. I understand. It's not for everybody. If you don't, you're not enjoying the show, you don't have to stay. 
I'm just saying, if you're a bit bored, you don't have to stay. It's not forever. Okay. Just got now you're fucking excited, aren't you, brother? But I okay, cool. I'm also hopeful that the show does improve as well, brother. That was fucking passive aggressive as fuck. Yeah. But I like the hope in it. You might get a bit better. You're not gonna get much better. But from where you started, there's a lot of room to grow. It's like you were a piece of shit. But that piece of shit is in a cow field. And maybe mushrooms will grow from the piece of shit. Unfortunately, I don't care for mushrooms. I'm more of a carrot guy. But still, they could grow from there. What I like about this is I had some of the audience on side, and the shit mushroom metaphor really just dragged us all into the ground. <laughs> don't worry. We will bounce back. Oh, where are you from, brother? Brother at the back who's checking his phone. Board man. Oh, now he's just doing that classic thing of he's just going to try and ignore me. And I can see him shaking with laughter, too. It's fucking creepy and very funny. Were you looking at your phone, or were you just looking down? He's meditating! Oh, my God, this is the most intense heckler I've ever dealt with in my entire life. Just staring at me. I thought you were about to start mouthing things to me. I'm like, that's fucking deep, too. All right. What is your name? Brian. Brian. I thought you were going to go with nothing there, Brian. Thank you, miss, for laughing at that. Well, everyone else is very intense. Don't worry, Brian and I are gonna be friends, or if not, I'll never see him again. Do you write for any publications in Ireland, Brian? No. Fuck yeah. Now, Brian, how old are you, Brian? 42 years young. 42 years young. You do not look 42 years young. I would say you're a spry 38. Good. And Brian, who are you here with this evening? Afternoon. And fucking megaphone guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, don't fuck with me or I'll bring him here in here and then things will get real exciting. Thank you. <laughs> back to you, Brian. And who are you here with? That is true, but I'm still inquiring. If you don't want to share, that's okay. So I assume you're here with someone that's not your wife, but you are married. <laughs> <laughs> that's really fucking woke Brian up, didn't it? <laughs> Um, and Brian, favorite color? What's your favorite color? Favorite color is blue, but not this shade of blue, like a baby blue? I find it very soothing. Pardon me? I'm not married to anyone, I'm single. Thank you very much. I've no, I'm trying to find Miss Wright, but I find it a bit of a struggle. I understand you're trying to give me a bit of a rebuke, but my father was divorced three times, so I just feel you need to, you know, Miss Wright. By the way, if you've never been divorced three times, just imagine you gave half your stuff away three times. Now, <laughs> back to you, Brian. I've shared with you that I'm single and that I, my favorite color is baby blue. What is your favorite color? Oh, fucking, hang on, Brian. Your face was fucking about, so Nikki's face was contorted in this fist of like, I haven't been this awkward since Christmas when Aunt May got into the gin and Dad was into the sherry and she just brought up the fact that he has a bit of a flipper finger and that they said cunt until their heads exploded. 
Right, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm just gearing up for Christmas. I bring Brian to all the shows. Because most people want things to be funny, not me. I like there to be an air of danger. How was the show? Pretty good. This guy named Brian, I think he worked in the financial services. He stabbed the comedian with a pen. Silver lining in that dark cloud, the pen's color ink, baby blue. One final question for you, Brian. What is that favorite color? Brown. <laughs> Follow-up question. <laughs> what inspired that to be your favorite color? My baby blue came from, it was the color of my first bedroom when me and my mom moved into my first house and it's always calmed me down. It's an eye color. The eye color of a woman. A secret woman? You fucking triple-timing bastard, bro. <laughs> Jesus, he's just nothing but asparagus. Asparaguses. <laughs> you know, I can see Brian's point. He came in here for a free show, and the comedian can't even say the word asparagus. He says asparagus when he was going for a fun joke about improving his jizz content based on food. I understand it's very early, and you can stare at me all you want, but that's just a nice tip. D, you can tell your boyfriend. No problem. That was the worst reaction to that ever. I'll let him know. Thank you. <laughs> the Daring Dames of Dublin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's a, uh, it's so far been an intense but beautiful ride. Uh, I've enjoyed my time in Ireland for the last uh, 30 minutes. Um, even that Brian interaction I thought was going to get a lot harsher, because I've got to be honest, based on his eyes, I thought this is the kind of guy who's going to tell me to fuck off and then throw a punch but it actually moved towards a nice place. Are we in a good place, Brian? Yes, we are. I love you. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> okay. Fierce commitment. I'll tell you who doesn't fear commitment. A man named James Joyce. He committed to the written word. And that's when he came out with sweet, sweet bon mots. Such as this red herring. Oh, this one's gross. <laughs> You say you will shit your drawers, dear, and let me fuck you then. Oh, no. I would like to hear you shit them, dear, first, and then fuck you. I haven't read any James Joyce, but it leads me to believe that it gets very dark very quickly. What is Ulysses about? Is it about a creepy man walking the streets of Dublin weirding people out with his thoughts? Nikki, back to you. <laughs> Good one. I have no fucking idea what you just said. Nikki, final question for you. And then we'll wrap up the show in exactly 10 minutes, maybe 15. What is it you actually do for a living? I work on, as a, on the line of a medical company. You work on the line of a medical company, so you're testing pills? Well, not officially. Not officially. <laughs> have you ever stolen from the medical company you work at? Pretty sweet collection of elastic bands. <laughs> I was so worried where that was about to go. So I was like, this is being recorded, this is evidence with an elastic bands. How wholesome is your heart that you steal elastic bands from a pharmaceutical company? They're out there robbing the world of precious minerals so that we can, you know, like sleep easy on a plane, and you see like an extra elastic band and you're like, this is Nikki time. <laughs> you don't even probably use them for anything. You're just balling them up in a giant ball in your house that brings you joy, doesn't it? Jeez, I don't. I don't, I don't ball them up. <laughs> that was the most beautiful response that I ever. Because 
it was like that will make it a crime if you keep the elastic band separate we all know that I can return them at any time if there was a problem with the elastic band distribution but if you ball them up that shows intents to distribute other elastic bands I could be jailed to up to a day for defrauding the elastic band coalition of greater Ireland correct that's your thought Yes. That's insane. You're not robbing. Because this is the only job I haven't stolen blind. Like, I worked in <laughs> bars and restaurants. I worked at a coffee shop in Montreal called Java U. And for the summer that I worked there, uh, it was a franchise, but it got sold back to the company. So there was no owner owning this Java U. So it was just five idiot employees let loose on a company. I used the place like a grocery store. <laughs> like, they would order three bags of lettuce. I would order a fourth, that was lettuce for a week. We'd get 12 tomatoes a day, I'd take two of those a day. And then they would also order a carton of eggs, I'd take four eggs every day, bacon. I almost got caught when I just started ordering ingredients to food, like a bag of flour, and the shop didn't have a stove. But the biggest theft I ever was a part of was I worked at another restaurant, this very posh thing, it was called an urban cafeteria in Montreal called Anton and James. And the idea was five-star cuisine in under 15 minutes, which meant it was not five-star cuisine. <laughs> it was just like heated up roast beef, but it had like a lot of spices to preserve it. And one of the guys, the head chef was this guy named Garfield, and he was from Jamaica, and he was like the smoothest, coolest dude ever. He gave me the best, um, best advice, because I was always very nervous hitting on girls. Are you ever nervous hitting on girls? Yeah, it's, it's nervous. You feel like someone's gonna yell at you. You know what I mean? Like you just want to walk and be like, "You're pretty," and someone will be like, "Gross! You're gross!" <laughs> because dudes are the like. Because when you're like 12, 13 years old, and you're starting to discover women, your friends are no fucking support. You're like, "I think I have a crush on Alice," and they're like, "Oh, I think that makes you gay." And I'm like, "I don't even know what that means." Yeah. I was, wait, I thought, what? And so I was always nervous, and then. Uh, and Garfield, he, this amazing thing, because there was this other employee that I was really, really attracted to named Katarina, and he walked up and he was like, yo, listen, I know you're making eyes at Katarina. He was white, but he still talked that way. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're making eyes at Katarina, and she's making eyes at you. Either you say something, or someone else will. And I said, what should I say? And he went, hello is nice, but then refer to her body, but one of those parts that people don't talk about. I go the wrist. And then he was just chopping in this onion. And I was just like, what do you mean? He was like, say, hey, Katarina, nice wrist. And then you'll laugh. She did not laugh. I walked up to her and I went, hey, Katarina, you have pleasant wrists. And she went, that was horrible. Because I think it was, if I'd singled out wrist, it would have been nice. Like maybe I'll buy you a nice bracelet or something like that. But wrists is like, you have nice wrists for cutting off, and then your hands can be added to my collection. <laughs> you know, I have a root cellar underneath my flat that I call the, the Palace of Hands. Anyway, so Garfield had this sous chef named Mike. Now, Mike was the sketchiest guy I've ever met. He had a neck tattoo, and I asked him why he had a neck tattoo, and he said, I don't know why. It's a neck tattoo. That's a, that, I don't care who you are. You know why you have that neck tattoo. Why do you have that neck tattoo? Well, I always loved clowns riding a mermaid, and they both have tits. So I thought that I needed to let everyone know that that's my love. So I had it tattooed right here on my neck. And so Mike had a neck tattoo. And uh, he got fired uh, because one Friday afternoon, he stole the cash register. <laughs> um, I... I wasn't there for this moment, I was there for the aftermath. What he basically did was Katarina, my wristy bride, was uh, 
punching something up, and Mike came out of the kitchen, and uh, he'd had a bit of an altercation with Garfield uh, because they were making up the uh, the stew that they were going to sell, and Garfield, instead of putting in like a, some nice beef stock or some carrots or something like that, he just put a bunch of maple syrup and then a whole chicken in a pot and then just turned it on and left for an hour and a half. Because I don't know, who, any of you ever worked in a, in a restaurant kitchen? Any of you ever worked in a restaurant kitchen? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know exactly that it's all this hygiene, it's nothing. It's five pirates bleeding on your food and then cleaning it up and going, yeah, they won't notice. Like it's, this, I, listen, it's, it's madness. I worked with a guy with an eye patch named Spikes and I went, why did you lose the eye? And he went, beer bottles, don't fall asleep on them. Like it's just, it's <laughs> savagery. And so Mike got in this fight with Garfield, and Garfield apparently had yelled to Mike as Mike was leaving the kitchen, you're not going to be able to afford child support, Mike! And Mike's solution was, there's a bunch of money in that cash register, I'll just bring that with me. And so he grabbed the cash register, problem is, cash register, A, much heavier than you think they would be. Like that thing, that's, you're not going to be running far with that, are you? No, I like how you nod and you're like, I've tried every day. I look at this AstroTurf and think, I, I'm a runner, I'll go far. And he, and he lifted and it had a screen exactly like that, balanced on top of it. So he took it and the screen just fell off, but that's attached to a bunch of wires and stuff like that, which you wouldn't think of. So he just took it, like tried to run, the cash register instead just banged against the counter and opened and all the money fell out. And instead of being, not a good sign, Brian, the ride's here. <laughs> What's up, brother? Door gave you some trouble? I'm not gonna make fun of the security guard because he definitely looks like he picks people of, like me out of his teeth every morning. That was a tough joke, not a fat joke, but you guys took the negative way. How was the show? Pretty good until Brian and the security guard just beat the shit out of the comedian. <laughs> then the megaphone guy came in and he just made everybody uncomfortable. So all the money's now on the floor of the restaurant. That's I walked in about five minutes after that and they're sweeping the money up. Here was the weird part. Mike didn't try and grab the money. He instead just grabbed a sandwich and ran away. <laughs> What kind of crazy person goes, cash register, money open, goes, you know what, I just need a light slack, or night light. He wanted some nice slacks, and that's why he was trying to steal the money. And then he thought, you know what, I don't have the money, here's what I'll do, I'll grab a sandwich, a barter sandwich for a nice pair of slacks. <laughs> I don't know how I saved that, but I almost did. <laughs> Final bit of audience banter, and then we will kick it into this sweet, sweet afternoon. Um, by the way, guys, uh, the show is free to get in. It's not free to get out. If you'd like to put any type of money suggestions, Brian, talking to you, uh, I'll be uh, I'll be at the door over there. And if you didn't enjoy the show, still put some fucking money in because I need to hire a writer so the show will improve for other better audiences. I don't know why I'm turning you on you guys all of a sudden. You're actually a bunch of lovely people, and all of you guys are really enjoying your time. You miss are still confused about what you're watching, but you've stayed through the entire thing and that's something to be, not rewarded, but noticed. So, what is your name, by the way? Penny. Penny. Give you one for your thoughts. Thank you, that's what that deserves. How many, like, Penny-related puns have you heard in your life? Yeah, a lot. And, uh, Penny, what's your favorite type of currency? Probably a penny. Probably a penny? A singular penny? You must come from money that that's your favorite currency. <laughs> your friend laughed at you like you should be offended by that. Ha! Coming from money, not penny. Not all aluminum foil penny. 
is what her family wrapped around the box that they slept in. Because her father was an eccentric millionaire, but he decided to live in cardboard, saved it with a compliment. And Penny, who is your friend that you're with? I don't know her. You don't know her at all? No, yeah. she does know her. This is sad. You guys should never go under interrogation. I don't know her. You do know me! I do know her, this is sad. Are you a spy? No. Really? Yes. Um, and how long have you guys been best friends? Are you best friends? Notice how she just glided over the best friend question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we hate each other, but we've known each other since we were five. You've known each other since you were five? We didn't like each other for a bit. <laughs> I was kidding, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, are you guys Aussies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a fucking weird fucking country. Yeah, she's not my best friend. I've known her since I was five. I met this girl a couple of years ago. She was real nice. Yeah, Sam's a bit of a bitch, right, Penny? Wow, such honesty. And what brings you guys from Australia all the way over here? Um, I live in Dublin at the moment. You live in Dublin over here. Yeah, just the capital, not the social capital, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for a bit of socializing. A bit of socializing. Uh, and Sam came to visit. And Sam came to visit. I just realized social capital is the best bullshit title for a town ever. Because it means literally nothing, but it sounds so impressive. Galway, the social capital of Ireland. Say hello. We might respond. <laughs> and, uh, and how long have you lived in Dublin? Since January, and what brought you over from Australia? Study. Study. Very Australian answer, and that you've told me something. What are you studying? I'm studying my postgrad in fashion buying. In fashion buying? You're getting a you master's in. <laughs> I think your parents are probably having the most fun with that. <laughs> you fly to Ireland to learn how to buy clothes at a master's academic level. <laughs> what a condescending dick I am, by the way. Because <laughs> she probably knows all about fabrics and different buying strategies percentages of wage and then fucking Billy Big Bag. What the fuck is that? The <laughs> reason why they call me Billy Big Bag is I got a pocket full of pens for all the jokes I write. How the fuck did I say that one? Now. But you're having a good time now, Brian. Did you just say damn right? Fuck yeah. Brian's on board. We're painting the town brown, Brian. <laughs> Are you dreadful? No, you're not. Now, agree. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for understanding my art. <laughs> Seriously, what a fucking terrible joke. So, Masters in Fashion Buying, what does that actually entail? Thank you, Sam. Don't worry. I will cut her off pretty quickly. As soon as I heard the word couture, I'm hitting the emergency button and getting the megaphone guy in here. Couture. So you're going to be like the next Tommy Hilfiger, but without the racism. In the 1990s, Tommy Hilfiger, uh, who was a clothing purveyor from the United States, uh, it became very popular with the uh, black community in the United States. And he said, if I knew black people were going to wear my clothes, I wouldn't have gone into fashion. And black people in America were justifiably nonplussed by that comment. And his retraction, and this is one of my favorite bits of a guy being outed as a racist, which was, no, you misunderstood. I meant... If people were gonna wear my clothes with the color black, I wouldn't have gone into fashion. He's not doing so well now. <laughs> Final question, favorite designer? Um, Jean-Paul Gaultier. Jean-Paul Gaultier. Does he sell anything at H&M? 
Hmm. Well then, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> shop only at H&M because I like a deal and also clothes that will disintegrate within one week. <laughs> yeah, it's like Primark, but less good. What? We call it pennies here. Yeah. You call Primark pennies here? Yeah. Well, I should have done more research. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know how, pe anyway. Penny, is your dad the person who owns that store? You would have to be doing my postgrad. Yes, you would. You need to take over the family business. Irish people need clothes too. Don't listen to what the English say about this country. Yeah, you can all. Oh, I heard some things coming over on the plane that were very inappropriate. One person yelled potato as we landed, and I wanted to punch him right in the face. There was a stag do. It was a weird flight. It was me. Terry Alderton from EastEnders, his friend Johnny, a stag do, and then like 40 babies, and then I think the oldest couple in the world. She came on with a wheelchair. I didn't know that you could still do that. And then they like got her in the seat, and then they just put the wheelchair at the back of the plane. Except when you dip, you could hear it kind of bang around. And I'm thinking, if we go into a crash, I'm gonna see the weirdest thing in the world, which is plane nosediving, and then just an empty wheelchair shoot towards the cockpit. And uh, final question for you, my other intrepid flyer. What is your name? Sinead. Sinead. Sinead, thousand apologies. I am a bastard, I agree. I'll go fuck myself right now. Yeah, thank you, Sinead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If your last name's O'Connor, I'm gonna literally die. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot about Ireland when it pertains to 90s music people. Sinead yeah. O'Connor, you too, and that's it. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. Anyway, so back to you, Sinead. Final question, summing up the entire show. Um, if James Joyce, yeah, we're going back to this table of yellow shirt people who should have had their lunch somewhere else. Well, guess what, guys? We came in here to discuss poetry and we'll end discussing poetry. That two and a half year old walked out. Probably not walked out, he's probably carried out. He probably doesn't know how to walk. Although he was walking. I don't know how kids work. For example, I was talking to a friend of mine and his three year old got on the phone and I realized I thought kids didn't start talking until they were like five. I also then said, and then he was like, oh, he's off to read a book. And I was like, I don't think I read until I was like eight years old. And he was like, yeah, I think you were dumb. And I was like, I think I was dumb. <laughs> Brian, do you think I was dumb? Not at all. Oh, fuck you and your positivity, you fucking peach. I don't know why I said fuck you. I meant to say fuck yeah. Well, yes. Anyway, back to you. Final point. If your daughter came up, do you have a daughter? Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> I don't know. You people can have kids. Fuck off. There's a kid in Canada had a daughter at 14. Yeah, her name was Megan Bode, and they uh, wouldn't let her come to high school briefly because she was pregnant, and then a bunch of parents were like, that's not right, and then she decided she didn't want to come to high school. Um, she now has five kids, and actually turned out really nice, although one of the kids did shove me when I ran into them at a shopping center. That's personal information. I'm going to have to edit her name out. Now, um, but let's say hypothetically you had a daughter. What would you say to your daughter when she walked in and said, Mom, I want to get a master's in fashion buying. What would you say? Say so that's a great idea. Your positivity is warm and delightful, Sinead. 
Um, and I look forward to speaking to you after the show. <laughs> uh, one final thing, guys. Uh, people obviously fired for the show that wooed you in here. Um, I know most people, they like to end the show on a big <laughs> high. I like to end it with some needless begging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people go pyrotechnics and all that shenanigans. Not me. What I do is um, I make you mostly laugh. There's some tension. Confused financial chat with Aussies. And then Sinead gets angry at me because I assume she might have a kid. After I asked, do you have a daughter? And she said yes. And now I'm the asshole. I don't fucking understand how I'm the asshole. It'd be like if I walked up to you and said, is this your car? And you went, yeah. And then I went to get in. And you went, that's not my car. I was going to pay you after the show, Sinead. But that's not going to happen now. All the money's going to Deirdre. I almost called her Donald. Going to be honest. I almost looked at a woman in the face and went, well, your name's obviously Donald and you're best friends with this woman who can't stop getting pregnant. So, to sum up, guys, uh, whatever you think the show should cost, pop it in a cup over there. And uh, if not, Sinead's many children will go hungry. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your festival. I will see you later. Bye-bye.